Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the E-Ticket Podcast. My name is Mike. And I am Rob. Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Um, today, we've got a little bit of an interesting uh, list to take a look at, as it were. Yeah. Um, so, about a year and a half ago, um, Inside the Magic, a pretty well-known uh, Disney and Universal channel. Um, yeah. I think it's mostly just Disney, actually. Uh, they've they've uh, pivoted to mostly Disney. Uh, <laughs> they, they're, they dabble. They're a news source. Um <laughs> They've changed a lot in the last five to ten years, but yeah, they do mostly just Disney news, and uh, they, had a, they had an interesting idea for the 50th anniversary. They came out with a, uh, a 50 for 50, as they called it, the 50 greatest ride shows and attractions of Walt Disney World. Right, and um, you know, for us, um, instead of reacting to the top 50, because that would take uh, 10,000 years because we're very opinionated. Well, funnily enough, this countdown took nearly 10,000 years because they posted one video a week for 14 weeks like what are you doing they gotta get that money (laughs) i guess and and some idiot in this room watched all of them i'm that idiot (laughs) so um today we are not going to react to the top 50 but we are instead going to react to the top 10 yes yeah Um, nice and easy before that um Rob has some clarifications he would like to yep. make to the bracket episode from last month. So, so go ahead and take it away, bud. All right. So we did our bracket episode, which was great and was fun. But clearly, you and I haven't spent as much time on Main Street as we should have in the last couple of years. We'll mm. blame the pandemic. So there's a couple of notable things. All right. So the stand next to the loneliest penny machine is called the newsstand. That's easy enough to remember. So we have that name, the newsstand, but which also didn't come out of the first round. And then, Mike, uh, I was recently in the parks, and guess what? I stopped by the Loneliest Penny Machine and made one of these. Oh, look at that. <laughs> well, I guess you can't really look at this, uh, no, listeners, <laughs> um, but <laughs> we do have a 50th anniversary uh, Mad Hatter pressed penny. Right. Um, For its well, one shiny moment. Yeah, we'll upload it to the uh, to the socials. Yeah. I mean, I've already uploaded the Instagram photo of Mike and I saying hello to it after we uh, did our episode. But, uh, yeah, pennies, they no longer, you no longer have to bring your own penny. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you just have to bring one crisp dollar bill and then select which penny you want, or you put in your credit card and it just gives you all three for three dollars. Isn't that amazing? It it's sad <laughs> a little bit because I don't know about you, but as a kid, I had two kinds of pennies in my life: pennies you put in a press penny machine, and pennies you throw in. It's a small world. And now, now I guess I throw shiny pennies on small world. Whatever. And let's see. Other note we have uh, the Chapeau Shop which was next to the confectionery, it is, it's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it didn't do much work in our bracket, and it doesn't exist anymore because when the confectionery had its its major update in the last <laughs> few months, it uh, it consumed the chapeau shop, so it's gone. But where do you get your hats and do your embroidery on Main Street? Well, you remember that photo pass shop we were talking about? Uh, th- they've learned that they can do more than just do photo pass. They are they're also in a, there's an actual shop now in town hall, and next to it is where you get your embroidery. So either you can either do the exit of Mickey and Tinkerbell or the little hallway in between that shop, but that's where you get your hat embroideries now. And those are the two biggest cleanups I have for this. The Chapeau Shop is technically dead. Uh, the newsstand is the ne- name of the place next to the press penny machine. And, yeah, PhotoPass Shop decided they needed to do more than try and sell photos. So there we go. That's the little cleanup we've got from the last episode. I mean, considering that neither of those locations made it very far, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that we got that information Oh, no, they were all first-round knockouts. Yeah. Uh, So I don't feel bad about 
not doing enough research there. But there we go. So there, that's that's all the cleanup. Good. <laughs> And once again, music wasn't included on that list because we weren't sure what to do with it. But Main Street music is awesome. There yes, yes, it is. It's not like um, Epcot, who had their front entrance music completely butchered uh, last year when yeah, they replaced it with the new one. Yeah, but then you can still hear the old entrance music in the bathrooms next yeah. to the entrance. So I, I don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They'll they'll change yeah. it. They're almost certainly going to change it once they actually finish up the construction. Well, now that I now that I put it out in the universe, now they know. Yeah, yeah. That's how so nice they'll they'll work. change it once they're finished with uh, Spaceship Earth, which segue uh-huh. is actually uh-huh. the first thing on the docket for today. So That's right. Oh, wow, what a inside the magic uh, listed Spaceship Earth as their number ten attraction out of the uh, the top fifty Disney attractions. Yep, um, and. Uh, Considering the rest of this list, let's just go through the entire list. Let's yeah, go through what you want to do ten through one or one through. 10? I'll do ten through one Ooh, because okay. then I feel like it's we can. Goal. Yeah, so number ten they have Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine they have Splash Mountain. Eight is Expedition Everest. Seven is Pirates of the Caribbean. Six is Rise of the Resistance. Five is the Great Movie Ride. Uh, four is Haunted Mansion. Three is Flight of Passage. Uh, two is Space Mountain. And number one is the Tower of Terror. Yes, and if you've noticed on that list, the Great Movie Ride is there because it's top ride shows and attractions of all time of Walt Disney World. Yes. GMR is still looked at. And the important distinction there is that it is Disney World specific. So this does not draw off of any of the Disney lands that are worldwide or like Tokyo Mm -hmm. Disney Sea or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Just the four parks here plus uh, I think the monorail was also in the top 50. Yeah. Fine. Because like if yeah. if they did draw from the other parks, this would be a, a wildly different. Oh, list. completely. I think <laughs> I think uh, I mean I don't know if I said this on the show yet. I went to Disneyland uh, beginning of March, and Pirates there is it's bigger. I'll say I'm not going to say it's better, but it's like watching a movie and then finding out there's an extended cut. Yeah, yeah. So I I'd, I'd rank Pirates higher on that list if it was the Disneyland Pirates, but it's it's not. So all right, Disney World. Top I mean, 10. the only other Disneyland Pirates I have to go off of is the one from Paris, but we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. So sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, starting at number ten, yeah. Spaceship Earth. Yeah, and it didn't clarify which version of Spaceship Earth, and I'm not sure it matters. Um, I'm going to assume that it's the current version. Current version, aka the longest running one. Um, oh wow, it is now. It is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that hurt my brain. The for one a before this was Walter Conkright, or no, is that, it was, is that, uh, that was the first one? Oh, I think okay. I, it was, maybe I don't know. I don't know. We yeah. do. This is how much research we did. Um, Jeremy Irons was the one right before that one. Yes. So Jeremy Irons, famously the voice of Scar for yeah. uh, you Disney fans out there. Like a grand and miraculous like a grand spaceship. Miraculous spaceship. <laughs> Our world. No, it was. That's the one I grew up on, um, and that's the one. I guess yeah, it's been gone since two thousand seven. Yikes! Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at this list, I would definitely say that Spaceship Earth deserves to be in the top ten. That ride is an it's, absolute it, amazing it classic. It's an iconic uh, ride. I wonder how much that the uh, outside, you know, the fact that it's Spaceship Earth, the geodesic sphere, how much that played into actually ranking it so high. But because uh, it's a park icon, <laughs> it. I mean, yes, not only is it a park icon, but like just the idea of it, like. Yep. Someone said, yes, we're going to make a big-ass sphere and, and then put a ride in it. Yeah, I mean, and it is probably the last, uh, I guess we can count Living with the Land, one of the last remnants of classic Epcot where I have vague memories of the World of Motion and Horizon mm-hmm. who have long been gone. And in the same style, this ride was uh, 
oh, I guess still is. I shouldn't say was. Ooh. This ride is very animatronic heavy. And it's a slow moving ride that just continually moves. And that's that's where those two rides used to be. So Yeah, honestly yeah. it's it's one of the last vestiges of Epcot as a quote unquote edutainment park. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um for now. F- for now. Yeah, we'll um, see what happens. You know, there is an upcoming remake, rework, yeah. which who knows? I am. We we can't even report on it because guess what? All the reports on it have changed. First was Spaceship Earth's gonna be down for a year and a half. Then Spaceship Earth's gonna be down for three months. Then there's a pandemic. It's not going down at all. And then who knows? It's gonna. From what I've heard, nothing's gonna happen until well after Epcot's 40th. So maybe by next year we'll know something. Which yeah. I feel like honestly is actually gonna make it a little bit worse. I I have a suspicion that who Disney's knows? going to do. The thing that they've been doing for a lot of their quote-unquote remakes or remasters of their rides where they just stash a bunch of their IP into it and they're like, haha, look, it's well, a new experience. Well, yeah, Mike, you can't spell Spaceship Earth without IP. Yeah. You know, I've said that joke before. I'll say it every time. Yeah. So, yeah. Spaceship Earth, compared to the rest of the things in the top ten list, I I would tentatively agree with where it's at. Yeah, this is a pretty stacked top ten. It's hard to argue placing for most of it. Who's at number nine there? Number nine, we have Splash Mountain. Uh-huh. Um, now, obviously, this is... Um, yeah, we're going to grain of salt this. Yeah, um, this because... is a pre-retheme Splash Mountain. <laughs> oh, oh, do we have news on when the retheme is coming? Um, at some point, TM. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're approaching the two-year anniversary of Disney's hastily announcement that it's going to be rethemed, and the, the ride is still open. Yeah. I mean, I have no doubt that the retheme is going to happen. Yeah. Um, they, they've been slowly releasing some concept art for mm-hmm. it, and they've been slowly prepping the ride. Um, there <laughs> have been some interesting behind-the-scenes like drone footage that has basically captured that they are beginning to move some heavy equipment into the staging areas directly behind Splash Mountain. Okay. So it is definitely happening at some point, but yeah. I have a suspicion that it is not going to happen until after the 50th anniversary Correct. celebration Correct. is over. Um, so uh, which, what's that, January of next year? Yeah, I think <laughs> it was January of 2023 is the official end to the 50th celebration. Yeah. But like we have two other Splash Mountains in the world, one at Disneyland, one at Tokyo and neither one of them have begun their construction update. So no. the 50th anniversary as the reason why it still opens a bit of a cop-out. But what are you going to do? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm sure we'll like the Princess and the Frog redo okay, because it's going to be essentially the same ride. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be what Frozen was to Maelstrom, where it's just going to be similar boats, similar... It's going to be the same ride path. It's... That's that's why I'm okay with it being changed. Because, well, yeah, the, it's gonna be pretty similar. The ride path for Maelstrom going into Frozen was slightly, oh, slightly tweaked. They made it a little longer, <laughs> right? Cause they because they closed off that one wall yep, section. Yep, and your load and your unload became the same spot. So yeah. that's right. But the, here's the thing: Splash Mountain already does that. True. So I, it's, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what they do. We'll probably I mean, we'll love see. it. No, no one's really a hundred percent sure. I no. still can't shake the idea that they're going to do. Like a Tiana's Kitchen kind of thing, and just basically replace. Uh, I mean, the gift shop. There is a part of me who's uh, who's hoping Pecos Bills becomes like Tiana's Kitchen, and then we take that strip from Splash Mountain to Pirates and turn that into New Orleans Square, East which would Coast. be amazing. The East uh, Coast New Orleans Square. Well, I mean, after being to the New Orleans Square in Disneyland, uh, that's that place was bonkers. Like, it's not what you think it is, and like I I can already hear the Disneyland people complaining that theirs is better. So yeah. I, as much as I want it, I also don't want it because 
But then they right. might not do that because Haunted Mansion in Disneyland is next to Norland Square. Yeah, but that's also a Southern Plantation Manor. True. So, and ours is a New England home, yeah. which fits in Liberty <laughs> Square. Um, but we've talked a lot about everything but the ride. So, <laughs> so I mean, Splash. It, I mean, this this was at one point my favorite ride of Walt Disney World as a kid, and as an adult, I have things in my pockets, and I don't want them to get wet. So. Well, that's why um, I got knocked down my list over the last few years, for sure. I don't think Splash is necessarily a bad ride. I think the problem that I have with it is that for a water ride, it's just entirely too wrong, long. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the ride itself is what is it? Is sixteen, it, seventeen minutes long, something like that? I couldn't begin to tell it's you. It's some absurd length of time. It's well over ten. Right, and really, the only times that you're ever going to be riding Splash is when it's a bajillion degrees outside and you're already soaking wet from the soup yeah. that is Florida's humidity in the summer. Yeah, so you might as well. So you might as well just get cold uh, yeah. bromide water wet because it's the superior version of being wet in Florida. I mean, you're not wrong, but then you run to those cases where you're like, and here's the drop and my hair's a little damp and that's it. And you're like, oh. Yeah. So like if you, if you don't want to get wet and you experience that, well, you still got like four minutes left of the ride where you don't have to worry about that, which is nice. Yep. Um, and if you did want to get wet, I don't know, sit, sit front, right, front side, right side. Yeah. Those, Cause those you get stuck options. You get stuck by the little fountain, the, by little, the little waterfall. waterfall at the end. Yeah. Don't reach out to touch it. Cause somebody <laughs> will come over the intercom to yell at you. Don't ask me how I know. Anyway. Or if you're like Rob, um, Rob and I, you have a very special experience on Splash <laughs> Mountain where the lap bar just straight up doesn't go down and the cast member forgets to check it. Uh, and you go through the entire ride with no lap with bar. With no lap bar. And the worst part is we tried to put it back and it didn't go back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, Mike and I were in the back row and we had no lap bar. And then yeah. going up the hill, we decided this is how we go. We go out with our arms raised. <laughs> so at the very least, we could sue Disney into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't throw me into the briar patch. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate this ride, but it's, it's such a behemoth, and now it's, it's tainted that it's just, it's hard to love it. So yeah. Also, I think just in general, um, I do think the animatronics, as a whole, oh. tend to be a little bit more janky. Oh, they've given up. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's, that's what I've noticed this ride the last two years since they've decided they're closing. They've, they've given up. Yeah. Um, the million dollar rabbit rarely hops when you're going by Brer Bear caught in his trap. Um, even the audio is not great at points. It's uh, I still love the FSU. I think he's a gopher. That's a gopher. Roof. Yeah. Uh, yep. He says FSU, and it sounds like he sneezes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. When they retheme this ride, I'm sure I'll love it just as much as I I loved it before. But it's it's needed some TLC for a while, and it's not getting it. And well, I don't expect it to get it. We'll uh, uh, only have to wait and see. Yep. But so there we go. Next up on the list, Everest. Expedition Everest. Mm -hmm. um, now, for my personal opinion, I think Everest is far too low on this list, quote-unquote. Or you mean... Far too high, I suppose, oh, if you want to... Okay. okay, well, would you put yeah. Splash or Spaceship Earth above it? Um, well, no, I would put, I would put Everest um, closer to the top of the list. Oh, okay, so you're saying it's not... It's, it's too far back is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It. I'm with you. Um, so Everest, um, yeah. right now, um, it is mid-April, and we are just coming off of them reopening That's Everest. That's right, just opened this weekend. Um, after a very lengthy refurbishment. It was down since January? Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, we say very lengthy, but, like, three months? Not bad. I mean, you not know, if on an Everest time frame, three months isn't sure. terrible. I mean, you know, it's not enough time to fix the Yeti, but we knew that. 
one day. Yeah, sure, maybe. Well, maybe not. Now that Joe Rody's gone, they'll probably never actually fix it, so I it'll mean, just be once, Disco Yeti forever. When they open up a new landed animal kingdom, uh, newer than Avatar, they sure. draw everyone's attention away from Everest, then, yeah, then maybe sure. then. But, sure, sure. Because they got to cut open the mountain to do it. Yeah. Yikes. And part of the support structures are just the Yeti. Yeah. cracked, and yep. yeah, no, it's just a whole, yep. whole mess. But Everest, the ride, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So It's so good. I think it's... I think it's Disney's truest coaster in the sense that there's actual indoor and outdoor elements. Oh, okay. um, all right. There's actual steep drops. Mm-hmm. So you look at something like, say, Rock and Roller Coaster. Yep. Um, that's, which that's my pick for It's very coaster. fast. It's yep. got like loop-de-loops. But yep. the problem is, is that um, it's an experience, in my opinion, that I think is both enhanced and slightly sort of um, handicapped. handicapped by the fact that it is a dark ride yeah. as at the same time. I see what you're saying. Everest feels like a traditional coaster. You yeah. go up a, you go up a big ass lift hill mm-hmm. all the way to the top. You get to the top you're like, "Oh, the tracks are broken." <laughs> then you you go backwards, which I think they don't show that. Uh, you can't you can't tell a ride ever goes backwards by standing outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I it's think it was also I think it was also Disney's second ride to ever go backward behind Maelstrom. I'm gonna say yes I, it because it was 2003, I can't think right? Of anything else? Uh, 2000, January 06 is when this opened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, I think not? it might I think it might have been Disney's second yep. ride to go backwards, but and also we've like got, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind opening in a month, which soon. shoots backwards. It's got a backward launch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there um, we go. Yeah, I think I think Everest just has a lot of really unique things going for it. Oh yeah. Um, so I would place it closer to the to the top, like maybe around like three or four. But I mean, uh, you know, we'll... I mean, this is one of the attractions that came out in like the ten year period where I didn't go to Disney World, and all I could hear was like hype about it for about five plus years until I got here, and everyone says, "Oh, you got to go." The the queue is the most thematic queue ever made, and and the ride does this, and the animatronic does that, and I'm like, oh, cool. So by the time I got here. Uh, I was so in a rush to be like, all right, where's the cool things in the queue that I just disregarded all the cool theming about the queue <laughs> from the outside. I was like, yeah, yeah, once I get in the building, I'll notice all the cool things. So like I disregarded the bells and the tea shop and uh, throwing coins at stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 okay, once we get in the building, it'll be the coolest queue. <laughs> and once you're in the building, it's, yeah, it's a little museum devoted to like the Yeti. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. This was cool. Now I'd have a second to reflect on the thing as a whole. But like for me, I just I was my mindset was yeah. When I get in the building, I'll judge the queue, not judging the outside by any means. So. Honestly, I think that that whole section that's outside of Everest is possibly the strongest theming in Animal Kingdom aside from Pandora. Oh sure, sure. Um, Especially for an outdoor queue, nobody uh, tries. Yeah, nobody Which tries. Why, for outdoor again, queues. didn't even register in my brain the yeah. first time I did it. So the um, fact that they have such strong theming, even in an outdoor section of a queue that eventually becomes an indoor queue, mm-hmm. um, is just so cool. Yeah. It's just very, very um, cool. This is very clearly a ride designed by Joe Rody from start to finish. Yeah. To the point that there's even elaborate storytelling that it's it was this, but then it became this, but now the settlers treat it like this. Right. And you don't know these things, Joe. But Again, this all translates into architecture, and I'll just ask you this before we move on: Have you ever, uh, have you ever thrown a hair tie at the top of the mountain? No. Yeah, me neither. 
I, I've never had hair long enough to warrant throwing a hair I mean, tie same. At the top. And like for me, part of me is like how disrespectful, but another part of me is like, damn it, I wish I had a hair tie. I mean, I do know that um, after they just reopened from this refurbishment, they supposedly cleared out all of the hair ties from the top. Oh, well, it just leaves more room for me. Yeah. Right. So you can just put more up there. It's like oh. the bead tree at Universal for Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. Poor bead tree. <laughs> I've never done that. That just feels like a waste. But anyway, all right. So yeah, Everest, so... Um, very well-done attraction. Everest, extremely well-done attraction. Um, next up, we have Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Which... Fantastic. I I mean, this is this was when I got accepted for my first college program. This was the attraction they put me at for two days. Um, so I have a different love for it. But, no, it's Pirates. What can I say? Honestly, Pirates is just amazing to me just from the sense that it went through like five different iterations before it became the version that it was now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, the one we have now is basically a shoehorned version of the one in Disneyland because it wasn't supposed to be here. Right. Yeah. With that being said, um, I think pirates, uh, again, I've never been on the one in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah, on yeah. the one I'm in Disneyland the Paris. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, pirates is as close to a perfect Disney attraction and when I say Disney attraction, I mean specifically one that Walt himself was involved in, mm-hmm. as you can get. It's got the feels. It it definitely has the the old feeling of like, yes, this is me, Walt Disney, and I'm making a project with Raleigh Crump and and Xavier Ex- Extenso. Extenso is around, and Mark Davis <laughs> drew this one pirate, and we can't seem to get on a boat. Oh. Yeah, like there's there's a there's an element of seriousness behind the designs and the architecture and everything else that they put into designing the actual ride. But then there's like a lighthearted hint of goofiness. Like you've got yeah. um, a pirate that is too drunk to stand and it's just wallowing in the mud with a bunch of pigs. That's right. You've got um, arguably the best animatronic in the world, which is the moldy foot robot. <laughs> that that's is. not where I thought this was going, but <laughs> that's hard to deny. I mean, also the, the dog, you know, the dog oh, yeah, is the dog fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. something about that moldy foot robot. I just somebody was trying to say they added a smell to it. I don't, I don't believe they did. I, I think that was all just wishful thinking during the mask era. Yeah, I don't I don't think they would do something like that. Yeah, a nice corn chip smell maybe Fritos. Yeah, a nice Frito smell. There you go. It'll go well with the uh, with the the rum the rum smell that they now pipe in. They actually didn't used to do that. No, they didn't. That's, and that's that a is, recent uh, addition. Yeah, in the last ten or so years, that's a very strong nozzle too. You can hear that coming a mile away, or mm-hmm. like that. There it is. There it is. I can't smell it yet. Oh, I can definitely. Yeah, smell you just got a just got a clear <laughs> whiff. I mean, that, that reminds me, we didn't even talk about the smells in Spaceship Earth. Oh, you're the right. The smell we of did. Rome burning. What yeah, a, Rome's a, on fire. Absolutely iconic, or not? Not Rome. Uh, the Library of Alexandria. I think it was both. I don't know. It's the same. It's the same narration. Rome falls. Rome falls. The Library (laughs) of Alexandria is burning. Um, Yeah, Pirates is a fantastic ride. I mean, it's gone through some changes in the last couple of years to try and stay uh, relevant. Yeah, they're trying to make these pirates less piratey when you think about it. Um, Turns out pirates weren't great people, and they weren't role models. No, not quite. um, Whoops. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even the song is, you know, like, we'll, we'll pillage and sack. and Yeah, uh, oh, God. And they don't give a hoot. But it drank yeah. up me hard as you hoe. <laughs> like, um, it's a classic 50s song about getting drunk and starting wars and riots. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they don't ever explicitly say the word rape, but I guess it was heavily implied in the attraction, so we had to make some changes. Yeah. Yikes. 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 Yikers Island. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, well, how do you feel about the new Pirate Red? 
The one, um, the, one the chicken auction now, because we're selling chickens. So, I don't necessarily agree with them changing it for a cultural perspective standpoint. I feel like if you're going to change a ride, then you should change a ride because you already have an idea behind it and you have a very clear vision as to why you want to change it mm -hmm. um, instead of just saying, hey, this is problematic and we should do something about it, uh, it did which seem... is kind of how I feel about this, the splashery theme. Um, with that being well, said... I think they're putting more time into the splashery theme. Yes. So there you yes. go. With that being said, um, I, uh, I don't think she's a bad character. Um, I mean, the old auctioneer, like just being up there, just like being an old auctioneer, just being an old auctioneer, was yeah. just incredible. I mean, he was in the voice acting was iconic, right? Of, uh, Paul Freeze, who's the yeah. ghost host, and he's just like a, just a just a really cool animatronic. Um, but you know, yep. uh, it, I think it was just a very middling addition to. It, it seemed very weird uh, when they announced. I mean, when they announced they were going to change it, I said, "Yeah, okay, go ahead and change it." Then it became what it was, and I go, "I." okay this doesn't feel perfect but i'm at the point now where i don't hate her right like she's there she's fine yeah like the gentleman at the end of the day the rum don't yeah. you boys at the yeah. end of the day it's literally just like you know hey there's a new character yeah not stand out not no mentions anywhere else in the rest of the ride nothing well, like that Well, i mean we had women cosplaying as the red God, what would we even call her? The Red Lady? Let's just call her Red Lady. Sure. To avoid any other uh, terms. <laughs> we had people cosplaying as her, and they were like, there was t-shirts of it. We wants the redhead and things like that. So they've moved away from that. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. No, I mean, it was different. It was jarring. I'm okay with it. How do we feel about Jack Sparrow these days? See, and that's the same thing. I just kind of feel just decisively average about Jack Sparrow because yeah. his presence in the ride is done so surreptitiously yeah like yeah, he's just kind of like he's kind of like yeah they added they added like six quote-unquote six new characters total you've got three jack sparrow animatronics and then you have the three animatronics that he interacts mm -hmm. with yeah um, oh and we, let's talk about the barrel jack animatronic because if you thought the auction scene was problematic back in the day holy fuck that barrel scene was a woman hiding in the barrel because she was recently naked by the guy who's holding her dress and he's willing to share her yeah Holy shit. So <laughs> like and again, stuff like that, yeah, that I understand. Like let's let's not let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy. But uh yeah, I mean Jack Sparrow, he's just he's just there. Yeah. He and just kind of shows up. Yeah. Um people say his name more than he says lines. Right. Yeah. I don't think he says any lines. He doesn't until the end of the ride where yeah. he's singing the song with the parrot. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, pirates, good ride. It's just yeah, you're right. Okay. After all that being said, it's yeah, it's classic. It's a good ride. And yeah. I, I have way too much attachment for it, and I understand that. But there we go. So next up, Rise number, of the Resistance. Um, this, what number is this? Six? Six, yeah. Rise of the Resistance number six. And said. this is the newest ride on this list. Yeah. Um, opening in 2019. 20, yeah. December 19. Yep. And then swiftly closing <laughs> along with everything else Yeah. like three months later. Uh, remember the days when we showed up at 6 a.m. and wait out front? And the sun's not even out yet, so we can try to get a reservation for this. Well, the first time we ever rode it, we were at Hollywood Studios at 3.30 in the morning. That's right. And we walked all the way to the back of the park, and you had to fight with all your other park guests to try and get a, yeah, a reservation. reservation. People were getting it before you, and you were just <laughs> like, you wanted to scream. Yep. Oh, the good old days. Anyway, Rise of the Resistance. 
Rise. Um, I'm surprised it's number six, truthfully, because it's such a daunting's not the right word, but it's it's a crazy experience to what they did for this ride. Yeah. Um, Rise is an interesting one to me because it's it's not a bad ride. No. Don't misunderstand me. No. Um, I think Rise is a kind of weird beast to tackle because it combines elements of like a show mixed with like an actual ride experience. Sure. And it is unfortunately a technology that kind of already existed. Disney, like they quote unquote push the envelope with this one by like all of the zany shit that they did with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at its core, the ride system is functionally the same as what the Ratatouille experience was. It's just with a Star Wars skin on top of it. I honestly think the highlight of the ride, there are two highlights of the ride, and one of them is when you... Uh, spoilers, by the way, if you oh, somehow yeah, haven't... Whoops. Yeah. yeah, spoilers on this one. Um, I mean, the Pirates Pirates is over 50 years old. You should have known by now. This yeah. one, though, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, in case you haven't been to the parks in the last two years. Yeah. Um, but this part, you get captured by the First Order, and uh, I remember the first time I did Rise of the Resistance, when they open up the doors into the loading bay, and you're just greeted by, like, 40 stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and they've got, like, full-size, one-to-one scale TIE fighters against the wall. I audibly gasped the first time I did that. <laughs> Audibly, like out loud, gasped. Like it was just incredible. Well, um, and one of one of the highlights of, of seeing new people ride the ride yeah. is that they they're like, whoa. Yes, yes, that's my favorite. <laughs> is everybody's looking at the other door, which never opens, and then they go back to look at the door we already came in, and then the gasp happens, and they go through it, and there's another one. That's that's always yeah. great. It's just yeah, that part's amazing. Um, and then on the ride itself, um, the ATAT room. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just always cool. Um, um, I, I'm also a big fan of the room where you got the guns that move into position to shoot and you have to like, I don't know what the word is. The, oh, like kind of move in between one, two them. step in between yeah. them and then, oh crap, this one's going to shoot. And then you have that giant screen next to you, which took me two or three rides to realize, uh, that you can look behind you and it's, it's a wrap. The screen's a wrap. I was like, okay, cool. It's a screen. And we're mm-hmm. just looking at a certain perspective, but like, no, that's a... <laughs> That's a wrap screen. I just never occurred to me as yeah. a production standpoint. I'm like, of course it would be. Why you? Because <laughs> like, there's no reason. There's no reason for you to ever see it. So yeah, why yeah, would yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So why? Yeah. How many people are looking behind them? For me, it took me a couple of rides to do that. But and then there's a, you know, there's a drop sequence. One short drop sequence in the ride, and then Disney uses a motion simulator on that. So they're like, yeah, we did this, and then we did this. And it's the most technological yeah because you have a vehicle going into things but you know who's done this before you universal studios down the street and they have a ride that's almost nine years old now called transformers yeah um i don't know it's rise is an interesting one it's certainly an incredible technological achievement yep there's over one and a half million lines of code that power this thing. That means very little. There's it just sounds like a lot. There's six different ride systems that interact all at the same time, and if everything goes perfectly, it is just an absolutely phenomenal experience. Mm-hmm. With that being said, yep. I I wouldn't put it this high. I would not put really? it this high on the list. You wouldn't put it up to you. See, I'm in my brain. I was kind of making it think of being a little higher. I would actually put it closer to like maybe like eight or ninth as okay, opposed okay. to like. What, what have we talked about so far that you put above it? I would put Everest above this. Okay. Because I think Everest, 
I think Everest has a singular vision behind it, whereas oh, okay. Rise decisively feels like a ride by committee. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like, it, it oh, is. people like Star Wars, right? Okay, it, so, like, what if we crammed a bunch of Star Wars stuff together? Yeah, this was an algorithm-driven track. Right. For sure. Um, I mean, to incredible effects, don't get me wrong. Yep. It's just... You don't you don't feel the the singular touch of like a, a a single person kind of designing this ride. You don't feel George Lucas. Is, oh wait, no, I guess no. You don't feel <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. And this, you don't feel J.J. Abrams. What I do feel. Ryan Johnson out the door. What I do feel is the the one disembodied uh, fin that's missing its head, and you can only see his arm from behind a crate. Well, yeah. What do you what do you, he's got to stay low so he doesn't get shot by stormtroopers? Is the storyline I've invented. Just, um, you know, they just. We casually... do have original characters on this ride, though. We've got R five, who's adorable. He's he's in the front of your vehicle. Yeah. Um, we've got, uh, well, Nine Numb's not original, but like he's in the trans. He's in the Admiral show. Beck. Uh, Beck, that's his name. Yeah. Beck's Beck's an original character. I couldn't think of it. And he's like, he's like, oh yes, uh, did you, let's go, squadron. Like where? Yes. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling I've got a about bad this. Ah, feeling about this. Ah. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. Designed by committee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they're like right. they're like, oh, like Bro Dameron's in this, and like Finn's in this, and like Ray shows up. Yeah, once and, as a projection, which is a cool projection. Don't you don't you like the new characters? Aren't they so fun and exciting? Like, put please please buy please buy the new characters, please. I mean, you say that, but people people actually really do like. Like we've really fucked up episodes eight and nine. Please. Well, I'm sorry. This isn't the Gungan attraction you wanted, Mike. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, complete side note before we move on to the next one. <laughs> I do feel like in recent years that the prequel trilogy has decisively been less of a mockery mm-hmm. it, with the with the addition of time and with the extended universe stuff that they've been expanding it with. Yeah. Um, but man, oh man, episode eight and episode nine... They're not your favorite. They're they're rough. They're not my favorite. They're they're rough. I saw episode nine once and I said, "Well, that was a movie." Um, um, I have seen episode nine literally one time, and it was a movie that was literally so bad that I feel like it is unfortunately seared into my brain, because I can still. Now that I think about it, I have vivid memories of episode nine. I only have seen it once. Yes, because oh. it is a movie that is so mind-bogglingly stupid that this it is, is not fun. It's not fun, stupid. Yeah. It's just stupid, but, stupid. But Mike, Mike, didn't you love it when Ray and uh, what's his name, Kylo, they kiss? Didn't you love that part? Yeah. Weren't you asking for that? Sure. Since episode seven. A- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or the part when Weren't we all when Kylo Ren is good now, um, well, but also yeah. but also yeah. didn't not... you know he was going to have an arc? That's all we talked about. But for also two and not a half good. years was was his arc going to look like? <laughs> look to Pastor Dari. Uh, okay. Well, you you killed both your parents, so like. Well, he tried to kill the one. Well, yeah. Okay, and yeah. then she. Leia pop and herself up. No, this isn't an episode. You know what? It's a hell of a tangent. We need to get off. It's just <laughs> angriness. Oh God. Anyway, so but, yeah. Next up on the list, we have the great movie ride. Oh, yeah. My personal favorite ride I of mean, all time. This was. I mean, I'll say this. This was MGM Studios for me, uh, which later became Hollywood Studios. But like this was this was an opening day attraction in 1989 of MGM Studios, and it had very little changes from its opening day. Yeah. Which. I think became its downfall, but I, what are you going to do? I love this ride. Well, from what I recall, um, they actually did have plans originally to update the attraction once every couple of like years, like every like three or four years. I'm sure that's to kind of like include like new Oscars or like new film mentions. And the idea was, is that like it was supposed to be representation of like the changes in movie making over time. Okay. Um, it's a nice thought. So like, 
they could have kept all the sets, but then just updated them to reflect like new characters. Like, oh look, there's Django. Right. At the uh, right, which admittedly would be fucking amazing to see. Uh-huh. <laughs> just to see Django and Shane, and like the and like the scene where, um, you know, the man with no name used to be. You just. <laughs> You just have Django, just Jamie uh-huh. Foxx animatronic. And, he goes, and there's Django, and he goes D J A N G O. The D is silent. Oh man! And, Damn it! Uh, I really want this now. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be so incredible. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, I think uh, the Great Movie Ride just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have changes to to kind of change it up every so, so, so the, often. They but changed then, the film, I think, two or three times. Yes. The film, uh, that's eventually what they kind of like adapted it into, yeah, was to correct. like change the film around. Which is a cheaper, um, it's a cheaper update. Way cheaper. So. Um, and then eventually the concept kind of merged into them being like, well, every other attraction that we have at this new park is about like movie making and like getting pulled into the movies. Mm-hmm which was definitely not a slight at Universal Studios just down the road being built at literally the exact same uh, time. Yeah, no, Michael Eisner is totally a coincidence <laughs> that he knew that park was happening in their yeah. purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's definitely also a coincidence that, uh, you know, the DreamWorks founder of uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg was like, uh, hey. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, we could we could do an entire episode about the fallout between dreamworks and universal uh, dreamworks and uh like disney and universal it's a whole no no they've got good relations dreamworks would never make a michael eisner type character and name him fuckwad no because that would just be silly and then make jokes about his height and his dick size for an entire movie exactly maybe maybe like a fantasy film that came out in 2001 and won like four oscars and beat out the disney film winner for that year that would just be that'd be insane that's that's bizarre that could never happen um, but anyway, yeah, great movie ride. Uh, couple it's really things, good. A couple things I'll point out about great movie ride. Your vehicle gets hijacked? Yes. What? <laughs> yeah. Usually by a gangster, but then people don't know there's also a cowboy mm-hmm. on the busier days. And I've been with people who, like, when we pass the gangster scene, they're like, oh, where's the gangster? It's like, oh. So there's no gangster today. Yeah. But you just wait. And, uh, yeah, the cowboy was my favorite because, like, the bank gets sets on fire. Yes. It's so cool. <laughs> they just have, like, a big-ass explosion just, like, uh, in the middle of a ride. I mean, and it's a real fire. It, well, yeah. That's like, hard. It was hard for them to fake fire back then. Yeah. And uh, it's just incredible because, like, you know, you've got every other Disney ride in existence, which is like, yes, this is about family fun and mm-hmm. safety. Don't do Don't you like our rides? And then and this is, the uh, great movie ride is like, yeah, no, you're just going to get hijacked in the middle of the ride. And also, by the way, part of the ride might be on fire. And this performer definitely has a gun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, like a real, a real gun that like fires blank or not blanks, but like caps. Yeah. It fires like... caps that will shatter your eardrums. If you're a tiny child. <laughs> Um, these are like these are just things that are stuck with me forever. And if you know if you get too attached to that hijacker, I've got some bad news for you. They're going to be turned into a skeleton in the yeah. Indiana Jones sequence. <laughs> that part's amazing. <laughs> um, you've got the part where they just straight up just have like an alien and horror movie tribute. Yes, which is incredible because at the time the Great Movie Ride was opened, extraterrestrial encounter at Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. was in its last vestiges of life. <laughs> well, and at the time they were developing uh, you know, extraterrestrial encounter, alien encounter, um, there were talks of James Cameron. Or was it James Cameron? I think it was James Cameron. Yeah, the uh, creator of Alien. Yeah, well, no, no. Uh, Ridley Scott did R- Alien. Ridley Scott, thank you. That's James the one Cameron I did Aliens, the sequel. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. So they I'm were a big talks alien with, buff, with so. one of them, 
Yeah, that, that's true. It's one of the first movies we watched when we yeah. were roommates. Um, well, they were talking with them, which is why I got onto the Grey Movie ride, and they were going to use that xenomorph as the alien yes. for extraterrestrial yes. encounter. And then they pivoted off of that. They but decided it would be too scary. Too scary. And then the attraction that they made was decided to be too scary. Very scary, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And they eventually closed extraterrestrial. Uh, um, but that's, that's after... actually on the top 50 list here, folks, but yeah. it's not in the top 10. Because that's the thing. By all accounts, unfortunately, I never had the chance to ride it. Because... I did it. I only did it once, seriously. I skipped it twice as a kid because I'm like, not doing this. Yeah. No, no, no. But, well, uh, they they only had it open for three, four years, I think? No, it was from like 94 to 2000. Yeah. So okay. they had a nice little stretch there. But, but then they, But then as soon as Lilo and Stitch came out, they're like, well, we need something to do with this ride... Let's yeah. just yeah, retheme let's, it to Lilo and Stitch. But anyway, um, we'll get and to now, some other funnily guys. enough, yeah. um, it is now once again a defunct ride. Um, there hasn't that. even been signage in the parks for no. Stitch's Great Escape in probably. Well, the rides are effectively gone. Yeah, like six years. They were they were closing it down in 2016. Yeah, it was open seasonally in 2016. Yeah, and yeah. then I think in 2017 they just kind of just pulled, pulled the plug. The plug yeah. So but yeah, anything else you want to say about Great Movie Ride? I mean, it's a good I mean ride. okay, we we we'd love to say more, but anything else you want to say right now? <laughs> it's a good ride. Love uh, Love GMR deserves to be in the top five, in my opinion. Uh, hooray for Hollywood! And uh, honestly, yeah. yeah, I'm Robert Osborne. Even in the even oh in the god, end. we didn't even mention the TCM takeover <laughs> in 2015. But you know what? Even though it did take away like a good portion of like the sort of fun of the ride because yeah, they didn't do the, the hijacking of... anymore or anything like that, no. it was still a celebration of movies and it was one of yes. the true representations of what original Hollywood studios, sorry, MGM studios was supposed go. to be like. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it was the last ride that was left was an opening day attraction. Yeah. Um, because... I remember the studio backlot tour was the second to last and, yeah, God, that, that one was... that one closed in 2014. I went on <sighs> it the last day. It was Dapper Day, so all of us were wearing suits and our finest dresses to go on those tours to Catastrophe Canyon. Yeah, it was a good time. I miss I miss that so much. I, I miss the I miss the Studio Backlot tour. It was my it was my favorite theme park, and I th- it's still up there, but it's not it's not what it used to be. It's definitely not what it used to be. But, it uh, is yeah. you know Disney's recent theme of just commercializing. Yep. Um, <laughs> But they GMR took a with so much IP, and they shoved in Mickey Mouse. Yeah, GMR famously was replaced with Mickey and Minnie's Runway Railway, Railway, which I've, I've, I'm okay with. It's the ride. I'm okay with the ride. I'm not okay with the circumstance. I've divorced the two from my brain. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Mickey and Minnie's can most accurately be described as Hollywood Studios' version of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Uh, um, I, it's I something explain. that. In my opinion, doesn't necessarily add anything new or exciting, but it's a perfectly serviceable experience. Okay, okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll do this too, since we just talked about Rise of the Resistance. Uh, go on Mickey Minions or Runaway Railway before you go on Rise of the Resistance, because yeah, that lessened my experience the first time I rode it. When I was like, oh, it's the same vehicles, but not as mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So there we go. But yeah, GMR. Next up, we have... So now we're getting into some heavy hitters. Yeah, these are going to be hard except to Except for one that I disagree with. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that was next easy. Up, <laughs> next up, we have uh, Haunted Mansion. Yep. I mean, holy shit. What a fucking ride. I mean, this is Disney. Yeah. Like, we're talking about Pirates, but there's also the Haunted Mansion. Now, when I mentioned earlier that I thought Pirates was, like, as close to a perfect Disney attraction as you can get, I think Haunted Mansion is the perfect Disney attraction. I mean, it's it's up for debate. Um, and again, this is I'm talking like old school, like old school Imagineers, like yep. working on this. I don't think it's the best 
Disney attraction in general. Oh sure, we got three more. Um, to talk we do about have this. we do have three more to talk <laughs> about, and one of them I think is pretty much decisively in the right spot. Um, but Haunted Mansion is just an absolutely incredible ride. There is creativity in all of its designs, mm-hmm. audio, atmosphere. It's coming out in spades throughout the entirety of this ride. I love Haunted Mansion so much. I don't feel any particular affinity for, for the ghosts like some people do. Oh, you don't? Um, no. I guess if I had a favorite, it would be the, the, the old short one that's got Gus. that long-ass beard, Gus. Yeah. Yeah. The one of the hitchhiking ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gus, Gus wins. He's the short king. But that's pretty much it. Um, I would also argue that the original version of it, before the uh, additions added the on, and, uh... yeah, I would argue that the original version is the superior version. Okay. Um, I mean, it's hard for me to debate that. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But Haunted Mansion, wow. It's just incredible. Yeah, and I mean, it's very similar to its Disneyland counterpart. Uh, our ride starts sooner. Our ride lasts longer. Um, so I'll just say that, uh, we have the library scene with the ghost riders, mm. which isn't in Disneyland, although they do have marble bus in the, the queue line, but it, nice. we've got that scene. So there's that Disneyland people. Um, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> yeah. Suck it. And just, that's me just getting into random debates that didn't need to happen. Uh, and then our stretching room, cause the stretching room's cool. Uh, ours, our ceiling goes up, but in Disneyland, famously, it's an elevator, so the the floor mm-hmm. is the one that's descending. So, little changes, but like if you've been in the one in Disneyland, they're they're pretty much the same. Uh, I mean, they have a Hatbox Ghost now, which okay. I, I mean, some people are really really into Hatbox Ghost. I, I, I mean, whatever. Like I don't <laughs> I don't care that he's not in ours. Um. Yeah, but like the Pepper's Ghost effect of the ballroom. Yes, and like so cool. <laughs> Or, um, and this even, is also a ride where you're going to get stuck on it at one point. Yeah, the 100%. The ride will stop moving. 100%. Playful spooks will interfere with the tour. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> I mean, it's honestly, it's just it's just like an incredible experience being on this ride. Um, there's one particular part that I love when you go around the corner into, I believe it's Madame Leota's room. Okay. Um, past the clock with the 13? No, okay. It's so a little as bit, soon as you go past that? It's a little mean? bit earlier, actually. It's oh. when you go, you go around the corner, there's a suit of armor in the long hallway with a floating candelabra. Oh, okay. So you mean right after um, the... Um, I think it's right after the... It's right after we go up the... The, the staircase? Yeah, scene, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is also not in Disneyland now to think about it. Um, yeah. But there's a there's just a really cool little like moment there where you go around this corner and you know Paul Freeze just being Paul Freeze is just like and you you feel I chills going down your spine and they have they have an AC they have a little <laughs> AC unit that just like blasts cold air uh, at the exact moment when you go around the corner and they're and, just like and you feel chills going down your spine it's just like oh this is and so that, cool. that might be the best place to get stuck on this ride um, yeah yeah I'll just say that oof um and yeah the, it's uh, just the effect of the infinity hall that's always cool. the infinity hall is very cool uh, um the MC Escher stairs are really cool, and that's a recent add-on too. That was added on the uh, with late the with the with the, the remake, with the yeah, yeah. The because they used to just be a room with giant spiders. Yep, you know, which makes sense. It's a haunted mansion, but that's yep. totally a, a Claude Coates invention of no, no, it's a haunted house. If people want to be scared, we're just scared. yeah. Thanks, Claude. Well, uh, you know, again, old school Imagineers, man. Like yep. they they kind of just went with it. It's really incredible watching. 
some of the like behind the scenes recording stuff where you would see like Paul's Paul Freeze in, in like a recording booth and they would as they'd be like feed him lines and yeah they'd be like they'd be like okay Paul say like um like playful spooks have interrupted our voyage and he would just like nail it on the first try be like playful spooks have interrupted mm-hmm. your inner like that that's the line like and that's then, the line that uh, plays like it's just what like, I like too is Eleanor Audley who's the voice of Madame Leota she also had a session but there was also a session where she was going to be the one as like the host. Mm. And so she bails out on lines while she's doing them. She goes, no, this isn't working. Nah, nah, nah. And then that's what they came to the conclusion is, yeah, she can't be the host. We have to find another ghost host. Right. So that's just cool to see backstage stuff like that. Eleanor Audley, also famously the voice of Maleficent, and uh, Lady Tremaine, the stepmother of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. So, ah, this is classic Disney as well. <laughs> yeah. No, like it's this, this ride. All here. <laughs> this ride is literally just dripping with old... Like any Imagineering ride, Any ride with Paul Freeze and Thurl Ravenscroft, and yeah. uh, I guess another voice actor is popular. Is like you can catch their voices throughout the rides, and you go, "Oh yeah, this was made in the '60s." Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Even though Disney himself was not involved fully in the production of this ride, no. um, famously they had kind of thrown together some concept art for what they wanted to do with this house that was at the end of uh, Norland Square. Yeah. Um, and uh, Disney, you know, passed away before they could do anything with it. It literally sat abandoned for I think nine years. Like yeah, like, like seven. They like, built the exterior, and they yeah. just like, hey, coming soon. Can you? I mean, we'd freak out if that happened right now. Like we're complaining that Tron Light Cycle has taken four years. God, that's uh, a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, well, Tron Light Cycle. Now. We'll we'll have to do an episode about that because the sheer amount of idiocy well, that is involved to. in that project yeah. is, is incredible. I mean, um, we can't do a thing about a thing we haven't done yet. Well, we could, but then we'd be idiots. Uh, who am I saying? We're, we're, we're idiots. We might yeah. do it anyway. We might do a Cosmic Rewind episode next week just based on stupid things we've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if everything goes the way that I would like it to, I will hopefully be getting the chance to write it this upcoming Sunday. This um, Sunday? The 24th, yeah. Oh, so we'll, okay. Uh, okay. We'll see. Fingers uh-huh. crossed. I will um, not, but okay. I might potentially know someone that works on the rides. You'd so. have to because passholder previews aren't until May eighth. Yep. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see how things mm-hmm. shake out. All right. Fingers crossed. Um, anyway, anything else you like to say about the haunted mansion here? No. Good ride. Good ride. <laughs> so next up, you have at number three. Um, I personally disagree with this one, but we'll hear out the merits. Uh, Flight of Passage. Yeah. This um. This one, the more I go on it. The less I'm enthralled with it is the right way. I don't know. Like the first time you do it, you go shit. Yeah. Second time you do it, you're like, yeah, yeah, no, this is this is really good. But I think the um, more I do it, it doesn't doesn't seem to resonate. Yeah, I think the issue that I have with Flight of Passage is that it just feels kind of emblematic of Pandora as a whole. Okay. Um. So Pandora pretty famously had a, a very tre- uh, troubled uh, production. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> a, uh, it had a budget, it had his budget slashed like four times um, yep. by the person who is now in charge of the Walt Disney Company. Um, Ooh, Robert Chapek, he would never do he would, something like that. He would never do that. Side um, note real quick, I was listening to a, uh, an old episode of Podcast the Ride from like 2018 where they did Pixar Pier. And Mike Carlson brought up, he goes, well, this was supposed to be better, but uh, the head of Parks and Resorts, Bob Chapek, he cut the budget. And they're like, who? And this is the world we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to your <laughs> Pretty famously, there is... Now, obviously, this is anecdotal, but anyone who has ever worked for Disney or has worked in any capacity around Bob Chapek 
we'll probably be able to confirm the veracity of this statement, but apparently at one point, JPEG slashed the budget for Flight of Passage by several million dollars because the light bulbs that they were using were, quote-unquote, too expensive. As in the literal light bulbs that were designed to light your to way light through it. the queue yeah. were too expensive to use on this already multi-million dollar ride. That's right. And, you know, as a blind man, I love my light bulbs. Um, it, it's so just... I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this decision. Right. Uh, like, you just have a person who is literally nitpicking a project to the point where you're complaining about the cost of light bulbs to be put into a queue for customer safety, and this person is now in charge of the company. But... The ride itself, mm -hmm. um, so like I mentioned earlier, I think Flight of Passage is a pretty prime example of what happens when corporatization gets a little bit too much power over the end result of a ride. Um, Flight of Passage, to me, it's very hard to divest it from essentially just being Soren 2.0, because um. that's functionally okay. what it is yeah we're, we're staring at a screen it's a it's a giant theatrical motion simulator where we're all in a row yeah there's um, smells and there's levels to it too you fly there is smells yeah yeah it it is very hard to divest it from just being a more refined version of soren it is a better version um, of soren we, we can yeah yeah i mean soren, soren's got the feels but this is a better built attraction i i would honestly argue um that uh -huh. the actual cue for this ride is almost better than the actual ride experience. Well, it would have to if you're going to wait two hours. Yeah. Um, Great handrails. I'm going to say that. No one seems <laughs> to notice this. I'm going to point out every time. As soon as you go through the marquee and you're going up the ramps towards the waterfall, best handrails in Walt Disney World. Yeah. This is a top ten list. I put this number one. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, right? So you've got this incredible queue where you're going through um, – What are they? it's like a – they call it like a breeding ground or a nesting ground or something, uh, I think is what the idea is. Well, I mean, first you're outside, and then you go into the science lab, but I don't know what you call the outside. Well, I mean, regardless, right? So yeah. you're you're walking around this, like, essentially like a modified dirt path. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's windy. But you, like, you go up and down. You get to see, like, all the, the, floating rocks. the vistas, the floating rocks. Yeah, um, all the floating rocks. The, whoops. Yeah, I mean, kind you get important. to see a lot of a lot of, like, very cool scenery. And then you go into the actual ride itself, and... They did a very good job of capturing what it would look like if, like, this equipment was just abandoned in a forest for 30 years. Um, and then someone flipped on the switch. And then, yeah, basically someone just came back in and was just like, yeah, let me just redo and, like, keep back a bunch of this stuff. And yeah. let me just so when you get to the, run a broom through it. Yeah, you get to the laboratory section, which, in, in my opinion, is arguably the best part of the queue experience because yeah. they've got all these experiments running. They've mm -hmm. got all this like world building and set design that's just kind of like there to like make you feel established in the world of Pandora. Mm -hmm. Um and uh it's just yeah. Like the queue itself is really, really cool. The ride, um, you have to go through two separate loading areas to get into the ride, which yep. is just silly. Well just I wave mean, your arms around. Well just... that's that's if it takes too long to load. <laughs> but oh my God, we can get into that. But I mean that's the problem when you do theater theater rides is or theater loading theaters in general at amusement park you have to corral everybody for the time period that takes the time for the show to happen yeah so in order for that to happen you have to have multiple pre-shows or one really long pre-show or in the case of mickey's field Har magic just put them all in a room for 12 minutes and don't say a word and see yeah. what happens um but for this they do two pre-shows to minimize your weight and one is decisively more comical than the other <laughs> by accident uh it's just 
man. He's uh, just like, he's like, oh, can you all, can you all hear me? Like, they're pretending that he's a real person, me? but he's like, it's like obviously you're not great, great. Um, we're gonna activate our scanner. Just wave your arms a little bit. I mean, the worst um, part about this actor is he's giving a very stilted performance, and he's a lot better than this. Like he does improv, he does this, that, and the other, right. and he's, you know. A guy. <laughs> what is? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, the queue is incredible up until you get to the point where you have to get loaded in. Those um, ramps. The the ramps are just neat. Yep. Um, but then you have the actual ride itself. Yeah. Um, Which again, if this is the first time you're doing it, it's incredible. Yeah. I, well, maybe the um, the oh. seats the seats can be a little. Yeah, you're rough. right. They're not exactly um, the most body friendly for everybody. No. No. Um, like and. You know, I'm a bigger dude. Like I've struggled sure. to get on the rides, but I've had friends of mine that also struggle to just get into this one because yeah. the There's ride calf restraints. There are calf what? restraints. <laughs> um, <clears throat> That's what one of my friends got turned away for. Her calves. Yeah, and there's no way that you can test it either. They don't have a testing station yeah. until you're halfway through the queue. Yeah, which is just silly. I mean, that's just a silly, a silly experience. It's a silly oversight. Um, but ride itself, it's cool. Um. Again, it's it's Soren 2.0. Yeah. The smells are cool. Smells cool. The video is breathtaking. Yeah. It's 3D. We forgot to mention that. It's a 3D movie. It's the 3D because it's based off of a 3D movie. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh my god. That's oh, right. oh my god. Whoa. A movie that had literally zero culture impact, but somehow became the second most successful movie of all time. No, after. people were so sad after seeing it because they couldn't really live in Pandora. Yeah. Like, you don't remember those days? And now the second movie is supposedly coming out this year. Yeah, and the third one's next year. And the third one's supposed to be next year. They're filming them back to back. But I mean, it's it. You know, James Cameron. Well, famous. Uh, We'll see how long that takes to. But anyway, flight yeah. of passage. Any any other things nice you want to say about it? No. Cool. <laughs> All right, we have it. It's ranked three here. I think both of us would say that's too high. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that's too high. I would put mansion. I would put uh, rise. I would put GMR. All three above that for sure. I would basically just maybe pirates. I would just move flight of passage to like number eight and just bump everything else up on the list like one or two spots who's nine and ten splash and uh spaceship, S- spaceship earth and splash i would do like spaceship uh, then splash right. then fop yeah and then i'd probably do rise then pirates and everest oh that's right you would do that yeah i think oh. everest would be a little bit bigger on the list but anyway um next up we have our number two choice which is space mountain that's right space mountain the mountain in space yeah Love myself some Space Mountain. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of space in general. Yeah, so, yeah um, space is great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is this is a ride where the older I get, the, the more I question how much I actually like it. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine, but like there are seats I don't want to sit on it. Like I don't want to be on one, three, or four. Mm. Don't want to be in either one of those. Get them whips. Yeah. Well, three and four like to bump into each other because they're the ends of the two rockets. So like that's the part that'll jump off the track when like we hit a, a brake dock. <laughs> so that's that's never fun. And then one is basically four, but I don't like the legroom situation. One, eh, I'm not a tall fella. I just don't care for it. I mean, we all know that the back row is the best row. Oh yeah, um, six and five are where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is a little rough of a ride too. It's a little rough, um, but it's very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool ride. Yeah. Um, the theming about it is really just incredible. Um, uh, the ride recently just celebrated its um, 50th anniversary? No, 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 not 50. Or 40, 
48? It opened in 75. Okay, so we're 47th. 47. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, man, such a good ride. It is a um, good ride. Um, it's it's very cool that even though you're only traveling like 20 miles an hour that's the thing um your brain is tricked into thinking you're going a hell of a lot faster because it's, it's it is dark inside now uh, you haven't had the pleasure yet of riding this the lights on have you oh i have oh you did okay yes. cool i have ridden this ride with the lights on with all of the lights off that sounds cool. um and with um all of the sound off mm. which is not as fun as you would think no it's not because you hear yeah lots of things but i do distinctly remember a couple of years ago during uh mickey's not so scary yeah they were doing deep space mountain which yeah. is when they would turn all of the lights off and i mean and all they played like of the lights crazy music yes like they had different music but it was which i was cool with it, it was you know it was, it was interesting yeah it was, a, it was a different experience well, that's the thing. When I say all the lights, like I don't think people realize, but it, I mean, like literally, even when you're going up the the hill, the little hill, there's, there's no on. lights on. Yeah. There's no stars in the there's no stars in the sky. Like there's no nothing. Yep. Um, it is completely pitch black, and it is an absolutely incredible time. It's it's different. Uh, um, it's a must do if you if uh, they bring it back from not so scary or yes, whatever they call or whatever. It yeah. Yeah. The not not so not so know. not so fun. I think is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, the last the year. not so fun party. Yeah. Um, we can hug characters oh, again. Oh, Boobash. Like... Boobash is yeah. what they called it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Space Mountain is an incredible ride. Um, yeah. it's, it... it's a very basic ride, but I think that is part of its charm because it doesn't try to pretend to be anything that it's not. It's just mm -hmm. Space Mountain. Um, it also has the added benefit of having another ride inside of it. That's what makes it so much cooler. Yeah. That the people mover goes through. The it. people mover goes through. And the people mover is already just an incredible ride. And by the way, you might have noticed the people mover is not in the top 10 of ITM, which yeah. uh, is a travesty. To me, is not. Oh, Mike, look at the list. It's like 27. I know. I think Hall of Presidents they put above the people mover, which is a travesty. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what are we doing here inside the magic? Have you been to the parks? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, man. Anyway, yeah, it's the it's, uh, it's got a ride inside of a ride. Yeah, um, and it also has one of my favorite visual things in all of Disney World property, which is it has at the end of the ride when you're going through the exit queue. There's <laughs> you mean all on the those little, moving sidewalks? Well, not the moving sidewalks I anymore. Know, I know, but um, they've got the little the little vignettes where they've got like little space yeah, things like a space little houses. Or whatever. Yeah, they've got like a, a oh go go spelunking on Mars or go mm -hmm. swimming on Neptune or something, um, which is just cool. Like it's just like a cool aspect of it because it's like you know yeah, it, it, it fits with like the theming of Space yeah. Mountain. Um, but then you have at the end of it, you've got that little cityscape where it's like a very modern like apartment looking with a little robot, mm -hmm. and it looks out over a futuristic city, and I fuck with that aesthetic so goddamn hard. Hey, nineteen ninety four Epcot knew what they were doing. Every time, or, uh, Tomorrowland. every time I leave Space Mountain, I just need to like take a moment to just appreciate that little apartment. Because well, now that there's no moving sidewalk, you can. Yes, I can just take as much time as I want. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's just really neat. It's just like a little little thing. It is. It's nice. And like that's again that's <coughs> to get nostalgic. Like I don't I don't remember Epcot before '94. Uh, I mean I was barely at Disney World before 94 as a as a young Word could I walk I don't know anyway <laughs> <laughs> so like that's that's one of the last little like uh, like the timekeeper is gone uh, 
alien encounter is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, like we still have sunny eclipse and the exit to space mountain or, and I guess the aesthetic of the rest of Tomorrowland, but that's the only thing remaining from the 94 update. Really. Yeah. So it's nice. It, it's it, that's Disney to me. Yeah. I, I, Tomorrowland in general is just cool. Yep. In my opinion, it's by far the best aspect of uh, Magic Kingdom. I mean, it is a little dated now, but at the same time, it's part of its charm. It is part of its charm. Yeah. And you haven't been to Disneyland yet. That that Tomorrowland. Uh, Holy soon. crap! Someone soon. needs to take a look at that <laughs> because so, that needs all the updates. We have um, next on the list something that I, I I think this is in the spot that it should be. I mean, before I opened the list, I wouldn't have put this in number one, but thinking back. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. Number one, Tower of Terror. Yep. Uh, I mean... Hollywood, 1939. Yeah. What is there to say about this ride that has not already been discussed at length? I think this is Disney's magnum opus for an attraction. Um, this was clearly Michael Eisner putting his stamp on what he's done and been like, by the way, this is what we do now. Right. <laughs> Tower of Terror, like everything from the theming of it to the music, the atmosphere, the ride experience itself, Mm -hmm. I know it's basically a glorified drop tower. Yes, but but it's also better than every drop tower. Exactly, because it's completely randomized. There's the theming behind it. There's a part when you... Your elevator just moves Leaves the elevator shaft. (laughs) Which is just... Not there anymore. Right. And then it goes through a recreation of the Tomorrowland opening... Or Tomorrowland, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just no. Wow. This, this ride, this ride is an engineering mindfuck, and it's in all the best ways possible. Yes, so. it's <laughs> it's just so good. It's immediately noticeable as soon as you enter the park. It's the um, de facto icon of uh, yeah Hollywood Studios. It, it's it's just an incredible, incredible piece of engineering, and just an incredible ride in general. And the theming is just I don't know impeccable. I, I love that era for no reason. It's impeccable. I just it's um, so good because like. You've got Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. which is like a big like nineteen forties themed like mm-hmm. the golden big age band, of like Golden Age of Hollywood, like you know, this is this is Hollywood, like hooray, hooray for, for Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. you know? And you just have at the end of it this art deco masterpiece of yep. a of a Moroccan style. I was, was going to say, I was like, and you know why it's that color? Yeah, you know yeah, why. It's because uh, it's designed Cause you, to complement the Moroccan pavilion at Epcot. Because you can see it from Epcot yeah. if you look closely. So it's got to be painted the same color as Morocco. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. It's just incredible. And they went through all the effort when they did the actual theming after the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. There's so much effort that went into oh, yeah. this. They contacted Rod Sterling's widow mm-hmm. and was like, hey, like we have an idea for a ride. We want to get your permission to do this. Cool. Yeah. She said yes. They hand-vetted the, uh, oh, the Sterling impersonator yeah. because Sterling's widow was like, yeah, no, we're, we're just not going to go with anyone. Like It's got to be it's someone who can be... bring the right... Yeah like gravitas for the role they basically cut together like painstakingly cut together segments from the it's a wonderful life opening of the twilight zone um yep Which they is like, that's a creepy episode i know it's yeah. the twilight zone but that one yeah banish him to the cornfield yeah Jesus. it's all about a, the kid that just is basically a god and uh, if you piss the kid off then you're boned yeah i mean <laughs> let's distract him so we kill him says the guy who becomes a jack-in-the-box right Eesh. i just yeah just an incredible incredible amount of effort um, 
You know that the Imagineers, when they were building this ride, that they were actually required to watch the entirety of the series through front to back to three times? To try and pick a story yeah. that would complement it. And they said, well, there isn't one, so yeah. let's make one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. And what's even nuts is like the stuff that didn't go into the Tower of Terror. So like... Like Hotel Mel? Well, yes, Hotel <laughs> Mel, which we could do a whole episode about. I'll just tease um, that one. Mel Brooks almost had a Disney attraction. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the guy who made Young Frankenstein in Blazing Saddles was and, like... And yeah. Robin Hood Men in Tights and, <laughs> oh my God, so many others. And, um, you know, they they what's coolest to me is that they had an idea for a restaurant at the top that was just going to be called yeah, the Sunset the Room. Club. Or the Tip Top Club, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, the Sunset Room would have been part of it, I think. Is that would have been what they had. the bar at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. supposed to have a bar at the bottom and a restaurant at the top. Right, which is actually why when you get off the bottom of the ride, the photo pass area once you go past it there's just like a very wide open nothing like almost concierge style area because Mm -hmm. that's where they were originally going to put it and then the funding for the project just panned out you know um as it does which is just a real damn shame because i can't even imagine what a twilight zone restaurant would be like i mean i'm trying to think of the logistics of it don't worry about it it's not important it's a good point that's above (laughs) my pay grade yeah and like it's just incredible. It's incredible. There's uh, Easter eggs for the ride, like or for the Twilight Zone, just like spread everywhere. all over the ride. Um, like I, even even when the ride's over, and it's like a you know, warm welcome back for those of you who made it. Yeah. Oh look, there's a crazy ventriloquist yeah. dummy. Yeah. <laughs> like Caesar's just kind of hanging out there. Oh, I forgot. His and name. then they've got oh. Buck Houghton's like famous score just playing throughout the entire ride. So it's like. Oh, <laughs> it's like oh it's just so good and the randomization helped because when this ride opened it was okay cool we go through the fifth dimension was where you leave the shaft go to the top hey look at hollywood or look at mgm studios one drop all right cool get out of here yeah could you imagine that waiting an hour and a half for that well i was around before the randomizer was put in and I've... i mean i was too but i i can't even well i was yeah we were both around before they put seat belts in the thing mike it didn't have seat belts <laughs> at a one lap bar per row <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was a little bit of an oversight. To Holy say the least. shit! Um, but <laughs> Tower of Terror. I mean, again, I, I really don't think that we could do it justice in the short time frame that we have. There no, would have to be like couldn't. an entire episode about this. But basically, we can say, yeah, number one, it's a good place to have it. Yeah, yeah, incredible, right. incredible spot, incredible theming. Like, just spot on. Yeah. I, I genuinely think that this is Disney's finest ride. I mean, it's only problems, I, I would say, is the outdoor queue is not well covered. True. Um, and that it breaks down a lot because it is getting up there in age. Yeah. So. But I think they they do have plans to do a major refurb, I think. They, they do. And, oh, man. Have I told you what's going to happen when they do that? No. When they have to replace, say, so the ride was guaranteed 30 years before it needs a refurbishment. Now, the 30th anniversary is 2024. Shit. Anyway, what they're going to have to do is to get those motors out is to cut off the top third of the building. Nice. So, yikes. We're, who knows how long this is going to take, but we're going to have a good stretch of uh, theme no, park history no tower. <laughs> where the Tower of Terror is literally topless. Yeah. <laughs> Just flashing it all for the world to see. And then you can't see it from Morocco. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, there's our top ten list, uh, or our top ten list. The top ten list from Inside the Magic. I, any notable left-offs? I know we mentioned the People Mover. Uh, rock and Roller Coaster I really love, but once this, once I saw the rest of the list, 
I was yeah, like, yeah I, well, what would I kick out for Rock and Roller Coaster? I right, I don't. I, rock and Roller Coaster is definitely in the like the top twenty, maybe. But yeah, like they in have terms it, of the I top ten, yeah. which fine, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't think Flight of Passage should be it, in the top ten at all. It actually, oh wow, Jesus! Now it's not in the top ten at all. Second ago is eight. Well, um, I would. <laughs> I mean, like if we're keeping it in the confines of the top ten, I would put it at like eight instead of three. Yeah. But like personally, I would rather have the people mover be in here oh yeah i'd rather have people mover in here um i would i'd probably kick out what was nine splash Splash, yeah Uh, no i still like splash enough to keep it in the top 10 um i'd move rise up i'd move off back maybe that's what i think i would do i think i'd flip flights of passage with rise of the resistance so you would have flight of passage at six and rise at rise at three three uh, then I don't like space being that high. Either way, I, I could, I could, I could agree with all ten of these being in the top ten. I just might quibble about the order, but I, I think People Mover needed more rec- recognition than it got on this list. And uh, I don't know. Like if we did the whole list, we'd we'd find reasons to kick out like the last. We we'd kick out five or ten of these attractions if we did the whole list. Honestly, though, like this this top ten would be. A bloodbath. Like, uh, that's why we only did it to 10, because, like, well, we're only going to talk. We're, we're not going to spend a whole day on all 50 of these. Let's, right. just, <laughs> let's just do the top 10. <laughs> so there we go. That's thank you, Inside the Magic, for doing your work. Uh, we'll take it from here. Yeah. I mean, I think we've got a pretty good handle on where we wanted to yeah. get those uh, those 10 in. Yep. A little, then, little uh, bit of confusion. Mover, but yeah, uh, people mover maybe in, maybe not. We, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how I feel. Yeah. There we go. All right. Yeah, well, uh, until next time, um, thank you for joining us today here on the mm-hmm. E-Ticket Podcast. Yeah, catch us on the um, socials. Maybe I'll, maybe, you know what, maybe I'll send out a tweet. Just yeah. recorded. We're going to start, uh, start publishing our socials in the show description so you can find us on uh, various other outlets, including uh, Instagram and Instagram Twitter. Instagram and Twitter. And, um, uh, until I and, record something for TikTok. Yeah, then pretty much. <laughs> and then we should, uh, we should hopefully have a theme song soon. So that's, that's pretty exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, there we well, go. Yeah, once again, everyone, thank you for joining us. Uh, once again, my name was uh, Mike. I'm Rob. And this is the E-Ticket Podcast. Yep. See you.